Hi there. I am so excited to invite you to attend our fourth annual free virtual special education and advocacy conference. We are hosting it here at Ashley Barlow Company in partnership with Rebecca Poe Teaching. And we are so excited for a few new things at this year's conference. The first new thing is that we have not just one, but two different tracks for attendance. For the first time ever, we have created a track that is specific for school staff and teachers. We also still have that traditional track that we intend to be really great for parents and caregivers in the IEP arena. So yes, we have a teacher track and a parent track. On that teacher track, you are going to learn about things like easier data collection, gestalt language processing, behavior reading, and other super hot topics in special education practice, as well as advocacy. On the teacher and caregiver track, you're going to learn about stress management for caregivers using adaptive books, something that I have really kind of um, dove into here at my own house, inclusion advocacy, advocacy strategies, and so, so much more. That free ticket will give you one pass, one access to one presentation per hour on the track that you choose, either that teacher track or the parent track. Of course, if you are not available on January 19th or January 20th when the conference is taking place, you can buy tickets to access the conference on demand. And those tickets, of course, are available at our website, ashleybarlowco.com backslash conference slash 2024. Check out the website for more information about ticketing. This year, we also have something super exciting planned. We have decided to make this a two-day event. When I partnered with Rebecca Poe Teaching, I told her that I really feel like school districts, disability organizations, and other community organizations need to start providing trainings that are accessible to teachers, related service providers, administrators, parents and caregivers, and other community members that are interested in IEP support. What if we all attended the same training? What if we all learned information about special education practice, curriculum, how to read evaluations, that kind of stuff, about special education advocacy, how we can collaborate more, how we can work together, and even about special education laws. What if we all attended those presentations and we workshopped them together? So together with Rebecca Poteaching, I have created the Empowered Workshop Series, and we are excited to bring it to your organization or school in 2024 and beyond. If you are interested in having Rebecca and I bring a workshop to you, you can see a preview of the Empowered Workshops on January 19th, the Friday before our main conference programming. For more information about that, either send me a DM or check out the website, again, ashleybarlowco.com backslash conference dash 2024. We hope to see you January 19th and or January 20th and can't wait to connect with you. Hi everyone, welcome to the Ashley Barlow Company Podcast. I'm Ashley Barlow, your host. If you are a parent, 
A teacher or someone who works at a school, or you're a community member, a volunteer or a staff member at an organization that supports people with special education plans, a coach, a tutor, or even a grandparent, you're in the right place. Sit back with an ice cold glass of lemonade, put on your walking shoes and grab some headphones, roll down the windows and cruise. Ready, set, go. Educate, advocate, collaborate. Hi, thank you for joining me for today's episode. I am interviewing my husband, Brandon Barlow. Brandon is the father to our son, Jack. Jack is 10 years old and Jack has Down syndrome. Jack has been in special education since birth. Um, you know, you go through early intervention from ages zero to three. He started early intervention when he was two weeks old um, and he started preschool when he was three. He did two years of preschool and um, then he started kindergarten. He actually also did two years of kindergarten and um, is now in the fourth grade. We live in Kentucky and um, Brandon and I were talking about a good kind of entry level podcast. I really want to be able to give you some baseline information before we start to dig into interviews with people on specific topics like dyslexia eligibility or um, even parent care. Um, I really would like for you to have a baseline of information so that um, some of that overwhelm is eliminated. And Brandon said, you know, meetings are so intimidating. Why don't we just kind of give everybody the um, 411 on meetings, just kind of with a basic, what's the meeting, who's there, what to expect when you go to a meeting. Um, and the more he talked about it, the more I was like, you know what, I just need to interview you. Um, so I probably would have found another parent besides my husband, but we actually are recording this in September of 2020 and we're in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, and so our family has to be particularly careful. We haven't really been around anybody else. And I thought this should be something really um, intimate and quiet and done in person. And so I asked him this morning if he would join me and um, he willingly did. Um, so I hope you enjoy the episode and um, I've got some more great content coming up for you in the next couple of episodes as well. Hi, welcome to today's episode. We are talking today about the six W's of the IEP meeting. Who, what, when, where, how, why. We're going to kind of take a very broad look at the IEP meeting and um, give you just kind of the basics. And I've got my husband here, Brandon Barlow. Hello. And um, Brandon is obviously a parent in special education, and I thought he would be a good person to have on one of our first podcasts because he sees this from a totally different lens than I do. Um, and I wanted to hear from a parent about um, how the IEP meeting looks from a different lens. So um, why don't we start off and kind of by way of introduction and um, tell everybody why you go to IEP meetings. How are you involved in special education? So I go for Jack, uh, of course. Um, you know, we started this journey, as you mentioned earlier, all the way back in preschool, which was interesting because I didn't even realize we were doing an IEP meeting uh, at that point in time. So I thought, as we were discussing things this morning, 
um, it would be a good idea for parents to understand of what they're getting into uh, when it comes into the meeting, the IEP meeting. So the who, what, when, where, and why, and how I thought was important so that people had an, uh, a basic understanding and that felt overwhelming, uh, overwhelmed by what they were getting into. Yeah, and it still is overwhelming now, right? It is very overwhelming. I mean, certainly I've learned a lot since, uh, since Jack was in preschool to now that he is in the fourth grade, but it, is, it continues to be overwhelming. Uh, and I thought just some, a basic conversation around you know, who is going to be there, why are these people here, what are we talking about, uh, what do I do in this meeting, uh, was important for parents to, to know early on. Yeah, and I appreciate that. We were talking this morning about, um, you know, kind of the basic entry level, um, kind of put some assurances into your heart and Brandon suggested this and I thought it was great. And as we were talking, I said, why don't you talk about it? So here you are. Um, okay. So go back to preschool. Oh, before we do that, how old is Jack? Where is he? Tell us, tell everybody about Jack a little bit. Jack is 10, uh, and going into fourth grade, uh, as we talked about, um, he is, is doing well. I mean, he's done a great job in, uh, in school and, and that's, you know, basically, you know, because we have a great team that we work with and of course Ashley does a wonderful job of keeping up with everything. Uh, but Jack is a great little guy, loves playing basketball, loves to swim, loves to fish, loves to golf. Uh, tolerate school. Tolerate school, but he does well. I mean, he, he, he does well. He's taught me a lot of good things, and he's and he's, and he's making great friends, which is fantastic. So certainly, you know, it, it's important to have that goal and all of the stuff outlined for what we're doing. Yes. Every day for him, because you don't really think about it. At least I never thought about it. Uh, and like we were saying before, when he started preschool, I remember having a meeting with his teacher, but I didn't really realize that that was an official meeting of how Jack was going to be taught. In preschool. And when did you find out that the meeting that we had, the very first meeting that we had was an IEP meeting? About 10 minutes ago. <laughs> About 10 minutes ago. So you can even live with somebody that lives, eats, and breathes special education advocacy and not know it, right? And that's kind of the point of today's podcast is, um, you know, it, it, providing that baseline of information so that um, we can empower you and so that you feel comfortable in, um, in meetings. What is your role when we go to IEP meetings for Jack? Uh, I'm uh, in, a, in a support role. I mean, I'm a parent of Jack, of course. Um, and certainly I'm very interested in, in what his school year is going to look like, what his day-to-day -day is going to look like. But I'm certainly there uh, as a parent, but I'm there as a support role because you know, I'm fortunate enough to have to have you to, to really help drive that conversation, but also um, to be there for you to bounce ideas off of, to, to interject when I feel something is necessary to talk about. So I'm there to be an advocate for Jack as a parent. Um, and I see Jack in a different lens than the educators do. So I want them to understand uh, that Jack's not just a statistic or a person in their school, but that, you know, he and I fish and, and we have a goal of, of golfing together when he gets older and things of that nature as well. So I want them to see the human aspect of Jack and not just the, yeah. um, what they do every day. That's it, right? Like I always tell um, people, you are the expert on Jack. And if you've got that goal of golfing 18 holes, that mm -hmm. is going to involve physical endurance. It's going to involve behavior. Golf is a sport that involves etiquette also, which is different behavior. It might involve some social skills. Um, and that is 
Um, what the purpose of the IEP is, is to prepare you organically for your future life. So um, that's great. And I think a really important undertone to that is that you do have me there and, and parents might have advocates there, they might have attorneys there, they might have people from disability organizations at meetings, but at the end of the day, they are the experts on their children and you need to feel empowered to speak about your child, to interrupt, to interject, to ask questions um, and to make it practical for your child because nobody else knows um, Jack's experiences and our job as parents is to communicate Jack's experiences and you right. do a good job at that. Thank you. Um, why do you think it's important to know what's going on? Like you were the one that said to me, you know, I think what we should do is a podcast on kind of the meeting. Like why mm -hmm. is it important to get that information to people? Well, because it's very overwhelming. Uh, it was overwhelming to me and it's still walking into, I mean, he said five, six, different IEP meetings at this point in time. Still walking into those meetings, I feel overwhelmed, a little bit anxious uh, walking into those meetings. So I thought it was very important for all parents to understand that um, you will feel that anxiety. You will feel a little bit overwhelmed, but the more we can provide you here, I think will help you walking into that meeting feeling a little bit more comfortable and obviously more educated on what you're getting into. It was a very overwhelming experience and um, I just want people to feel prepared when they walk in there as much as they can. Yeah. And so, and you know, one of my um, mentors as an attorney told me one time that if I don't feel nervous before a trial or a hearing, if I don't get those butterflies, like the anxious kind of butterflies that kind of drive you to do your best, if you don't feel those, it's time to quit your job. And I was like, oh, that's good, because I thought eventually I would get this confidence that would be like, yeah, I'm going to court. But I always do, because it's somebody else's life that I am there to, to talk about, and I don't want to mess anything up, but I also want to do a really good job. Um, and I think that's how you feel before a test or before you know a big speech that you're giving or something else, so it makes sense. And I feel the same way when I go to meetings. So, yeah. and, and then we probably should have started with something negative and gone to something positive, but um, just so that everybody understands that everybody feels this way, talk about how, you've, how you felt, like kind of the emotions that you felt when you didn't feel empowered with information, when you didn't know and, and you were kind of walking into like the unknown. How do you feel? Well, you, you, I felt uh, intimidated, uh, I felt nervous, I felt uh, frustrated, I felt, um, I almost felt like I was just not educated on going into it. So I almost felt dumb with mm -hmm. what I was experiencing because I'd never been through it before. Now that I've done a few of them, I, I still, I feel a lot better, but, but I still continue to feel some of those emotions walking into it because this is, you know, your son or daughter's um, education that you're that you're working on here. So you need to be, you need to be comfortable, but you still, I, I felt like I didn't understand. I felt very frustrated with what we were getting into. Um, and it certainly still continue to feel, I feel better when I go into them today, mm -hmm. but I still have that little bit of anxiety, um, you know, walking in, into them. I did too. I mean, remember, 
after we, you know, after a couple of years, we had our first kind of impasse with our school district and we said, okay, well now we really need to start to advocate. And I had read a couple of books, which is the way that I like to learn. Um, and remember I called, I would call and call and call, started a professor at this university. And then when the referrals ended back at that professor, I'd say, okay, that loop's closed. Now I'm going to start another loop because somebody else told me about this other place to go. And, um, ultimately I went and bought every special education book, like the, the books that teach the, the pedagogy, the teaching strategies and every special education law book for every college course in greater Cincinnati. And I, I didn't I read just, those books. I just started reading. And that's, and that's the difference, right? I mean, two different parents, where do they learn? I mean, you know, I obviously actually learned by reading and, and I learned by the experience and obviously, you know, um, tapping into her knowledge along the way as well. So we all get to learn differently how to handle these type of meetings. Uh, so I, I think that's important to understand too. I, those, yeah, definitely. I mean, those books are that high, if not bigger than that. I can't read through that stuff. Um, <laughs> the books aren't this big. Well, I mean, all of the, the stack, stack of, of them. Stack might of the be. books, okay, that's what okay, I mean, okay. but it's... Uh, well, the stack's bigger. Right. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, that's fair. So um, let's get into then the IEP meeting. What's it look like? And let's get into the who, what, when, where, how, why, and... Maybe we'll do a whatever at the end, because remember when Jack used to do that? Oh, whatever. He's done a lot of things. Um, okay, so who? Um, you do not. You are not the expert on special education advocacy. You are the parent that's here to talk about your experience. So who is at the table from your perspective? Who's on that team? There's an IEP team. Um, and by the way, before we do that, in Kentucky, we call them ARCs, Admission Release, Admissions and Release Committee. Um, sometimes people call them ARCs. I know they're PPTs, they're ARDs, there's lots of different names, but an IEP meeting is an IEP meeting. And I think for the purposes of this discussion, we'll probably be talking mostly about annual IEPs. So just the ones where you're reviewing um, the annual goals and um, progress on them and then setting the goals for the following year. Okay, so when you walk into a meeting, who is there? Uh, so who is there? So both of us are there. Um, our principal uh, for the school is there as well. His special education teacher is there also, who Jack works with uh, every day. Um, we generally, we also will have, I believe, his teacher for the following year. No, his, his, but his general education general teacher education is there. Teacher, okay, is there. All right. Um, that's the weird thing about it because you're planning for the next year. Right. Well, but everybody can have them at different times of the year. Okay. So like some people, um, you know, will just be kind of on a cycle where they review like in November. A lot of people review at the beginning of the year and a lot, a lot, a lot of people review at the end of the year. Okay. Um, but, you know, some people are just kind of set up in the cycle where it's November or whatever. Gotcha. Um, so I, I do remember our first experience. Well, maybe our second experience at the first one. I just <laughs> learned about not too long ago uh but our second experience it was we sat in a room with the tables i mean it were they seemed like there was a dozen people there there were 19 more. people 19 in one people of them. Yeah. in one of our uh meetings and you want to talk about being overwhelmed and like oh my gosh what am i getting into um that was that was very challenging so we've got that was meant to be intimidating it was and, and then unfortunately it was um we felt that 
you know, and then we felt the, the raw emotion of it afterwards also because yeah. it did not go the way that we thought it was going to go. Uh, and, and that was it. It was the, the hardest emotion was we didn't anticipate it. Right. And so um, while the outcome eventually was fine, the outcome of the meeting was not what we wanted. And we were more upset that we felt almost betrayed or that we didn't anticipate it. I remember saying, I'm just not used to feeling mad. Right. Um, okay, so the principals there, special education teacher and general education teacher, I'm gonna interrupt you um, and say that the principal doesn't have to be there. Um, there has to be a meeting chair. And in a lot of places that can be a school counselor, it can be um, some, some schools have something like a case manager, sometimes it's the special education director. Gotcha. Um, so there's a, a, and sometimes it's a superintendent that is there to be the um, case manager or the meeting chair. And then you have general education, you have special education, um, and then who else is there on our teams? Oh, for Jack, we have a speech therapist is there. Uh, occupational therapist is there as well. So I think that... Yeah, that... that's his team right now. And speech speech and OT and then PT. And those are your related mm -hmm. service professionals. So the, the therapist or those kinds of people. Um, if your child has vision impairments, then you might have the orientation and mobility um, professional there. You might have the music therapist there. Those sorts of people. Um, certainly the school psychologist comes. Yeah, I do remember that now. School psychologist has been there a time or two. Yes, and those are for evaluations. So oftentimes the school psychologist is the one that takes all of the different evaluation reports. Um, so if your child gets evaluated, and that all happens on a cycle, and we'll talk about that also, but if your child gets evaluated, then the school psych will come um, because they are the person that has generally made the integrated report, taken the PT report, the OT report, the um, school psychs report because they'll do the educational, cognitive testing, behavioral observations, those sorts of things, and put them all into one report. And integrated just means that they're all put together. So the school psych will come. And then we've invited people to meetings before also. So parents can invite people before. Um, we had somebody from our local Down Syndrome Association come one time. We had an advocate come for us one time. Um, we have lined up attorneys to come for us in the past as well. Um, but you know, people, you can bring a friend. I, it's kind of like when you go to a doctor's appointment um, and it's nice to have somebody there to take notes for you or something like that. Um, you know, sometimes it's just somebody for that purpose, but then sometimes it's a grandparent or a tutor or a doctor, a therapist, somebody else that can come to speak, um, you know, kind of specifically to, to the child. Okay. Anything else on who? Um, no, I just, it, 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 sound, it seems as though also just school administrators could come as well. Yes. We have some, some additional school administrators join us also. Yes, exactly. Yes, yeah. yeah. so the school right. and the school can invite people right. also. Okay, so what? What is the IEP meeting like? What? <laughs> what's the purpose of them? You, I want to know what well, you. Well, know. I mean, the purpose is to create an education plan for for us, for Jack, for the for the for the next year. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to figure out. Okay, what is, how much time is he going to spend with, uh, you know, his, his occupational therapist? How much time in his day is he going to spend with his speech therapist? How much is he going to spend in jet ed, in general education? How much is he going to spend in special education? So trying to figure out what his day looks like. Mm -hmm. How much time will he spend with them? 
and also goals. So setting, you know, goals as far as, you know, is he going to be able to, to read by this age? Is he going to be able to write? Is he going to be able to add? I mean, basic goals and sounds. For the year. Annual for the goals. Year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. So, um, so creating those goals, mm -hmm. um, time, resources available, and, and then also re review, I think, mm -hmm. pretty much his evaluation with him from the year where he is. Yeah, well, not an evaluation, but we call this his, his data, his progress his data. from the prior year. So, right. yeah, so that's exactly, I mean, that's kind of, that's it in layman's terms for an annual review. Um, I want to back up and kind of give it in a, in a sequential way. So if your child is just suspected to have a disability but is not yet on an IEP, then the first meeting that you'll have will be to plan the evaluation. So in order to qualify for special education services, you have to be evaluated. So you'll have a meeting to plan the evaluation and they'll say, okay, what do we suspect? Do we suspect dyslexia? Do we suspect a cognitive impairment? Do we suspect and other health impairment um, and, and we'll look at the disability category and your state will have an eligibility form. We'll go through um, and, and click through the evaluations that the team agrees on um, in order to plan the evaluation. Then there will be a meeting probably to discuss the evaluation um, and at that meeting, you'll not only go through the evaluation, but you will go through the eligibility to see if the child actually qualifies for the IEP. So um, then once you qualify, then you develop the IEP. So then there's a, a very first annual IEP meeting where you discuss, um, you know, just what you're saying, the present levels, and then that leads to the goals and then you get the related services in there and you get the minutes and you get the least restrictive environment and all of those components to the IEP, which we'll talk about much longer in depth um, in a future podcast. Um, and then you meet annually to review the progress on those goals and then to plan for the next year's IEP. So then you kind of get in this cycle and there's an evaluation cycle because you have to get reevaluated and all of that stuff. But so IEP meetings, the point of that is you can have them for many different purposes. But like I said at the beginning, we'll just talk kind of about the annual ones for the most part. So you did a good job. That is well, what they glad to hear. And I think it's also important to, to say that when you go through those goals and you're evaluating the goals that you have set, um, you know, sometimes that's hard to go through. It, it, to watch those goals, do you think about some of those goals are maybe rather simple goals, but you know, and, and maybe, you know, if, if your child is not accomplishing those goals, it can be a little overwhelming. It can be, there's, there's emotions in that. There's a lot of data that's driven all of those things. And, and certainly all the people that are there with you are looking at the data point, but as a parent, yeah. I sit back sometimes and I look at it and it's like, oh, it's like, Okay, I mean, it, it, it gets you here too. They, they talk a lot of numbers, they talk a lot of percentages and what, what, it, what has Jack accomplished and where are we with that, <clears throat> which is great because obviously you have to keep those data points in mind. But just know that, you know, it, 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 that can be tough on you too as a parent to look at those goals. Well, so. and I agree entirely because um, they're your child, they aren't numbers. I remember one time we got an evaluation report um, and it said that he was like rocking back and forth and he was licking his hand. And I was like, he doesn't do either of those two things and it just doesn't even sound like Jack. 
But then, you know, I thought, well, yeah, I mean, he might've been like rocking the music or something like he is human, but I see him as a mom, right? And right. the data does that. But I do want to give you an advocacy tip for that. And the advocacy tip is to um, stay involved throughout the year so that when you get progress and you get that draft IEP or you get the IEP at the meeting, um, you and of course it is a draft because the team has to agree on it and parents are part of the team. But when you get that, um, you aren't surprised because you've yeah. seen the data at least quarterly or monthly or something like that. Um, and you've communicated. So if you stay involved in your child's education, then you shouldn't be as surprised. It's a good point. But still, you get it, and you're like, oh, right. right. Like, I always feel like I should have done more reading or something like that. Yeah, I won't feel like that right now in the COVID-19. <laughs> that's all I do. That's true. <laughs> okay, so when? Um, I think we kind of hit this. Like, we know it's annual, right? Yes, yes, uh, exactly. I mean, I, you know, from, from my perspective, you know, once a year, I know that we're going to be doing this uh, for Jack uh, for the upcoming year. So for me, yes, on an annual basis, I know. Uh, and I think also we could do it uh, anytime we need to do it as well. If yeah. If we make adjustments to things. Yeah, like if he's medical, um, he just blew through his sight word goal. So we will probably meet again soon to develop a new um, benchmark for sight words. Um, and that's just one example, but also if you suspect regression, if there is um, a new diagnosis, a new medication, um, you know, any kind of change like that, then certainly you can call a meeting to have um, an updated meeting to communicate that also. Um, but I mean, the, the kind of key is they have to be done annually. Um, there are timelines that have to do with evaluations. There has to be a triennial evaluation, meaning you have to be reevaluated every three years or, or requalify. Um, and if you don't do the evaluation, agree as a team that you aren't going to do the evaluation, that sort of thing. Um, but the bottom line is for your general annual IEP meeting, yes, it happens every year. Um, and a lot of people ask me in my practice, you know, like what if they, I just get a paper in the backpack and it says Tuesday at two o'clock. Um, and so like, how do we schedule our meetings? Well, I think we schedule them a uh, month out, if not longer than that, you know, cause we're both working parents and we need to take time. Obviously we, we've got to put it in our, our work schedule in order to do that. Yeah. So it's usually, I mean, you know, a month, month and a half out. Yeah. So that... And sometimes we're proactive and saying, oh gosh, we know that we're coming up. Um, and sometimes the school says, Jack, we've got to meet within the next month. And so we meet and then we discuss it. And um, we, but usually we schedule by email. So we'll just say, you know, we, even if we get the notice, which I don't think we ever have right. just gotten a notice of a meeting, um, we would still feel comfortable sending a message to the entire team saying, we got the notice for Thursday, but we're not available. Here is our availability next week or the following week, or you know, if it's something emergent, something like that, yeah. right? Okay, awesome. So how, how do the meetings um, get scheduled? Um, I think is the most important thing for how, like we're gonna, how to me is like, how do you go through the meeting? And that's a whole podcast in and of itself. So for how on this, I think the kind of important thing is, how do the meetings get scheduled? And we kind of just talked about it. 
Yeah, I usually get an email from the school um, asking us when can we, you know, basically look to, to get our calendars out and, and schedule a joint meeting. So via email is generally how we get it accomplished. Yeah, and it can be scheduled by parents or school as we've already mentioned today. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, we were right. fast on that one. Okay, so why? Um, if it's not, well, why, you've spoken to why we have meetings, um, like that our general annual meeting happens because? Because we're setting a plan for Jack for the upcoming year. Yeah, yeah, and he's due, right? Right. Like his IEP is um, due to be updated. Due to be updated. Update the goals, update all those resource time, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, okay, awesome. But there are, and I don't know um, that we have necessarily ever called an IEP meeting for an update unless he's met a goal, um, because sometimes I actually prefer informal meetings over making specific meetings about um, making them actual IEP meetings. So if I've got like a staffing question, I might go to the principal, or if I've got um, a behavioral question, I might just go to our special education teacher, which we call a resource teacher in Kentucky, um, something like that. But um, you certainly can call a meeting for any concern that you have. Um, and then we also talked about like the evaluation meetings. Do you want to talk about um, how those eligibility meetings go when we get that big long report from the school psychologist? Um, <laughs> so I think I, for a lot of that, I, I defer that to you, I think to, to read through that because it is overwhelming to me to, to read through all of that information. So that's one that, uh, I think is a little bit that I, I know that I need to defer that to you to, to read through those things. Yeah. But you know what, if you don't live with a special education, um, if you don't live with a former teacher, special education advocate. Um, then I think what you're telling me is I need to get more content out there about getting the evaluation. Like, what do you do when you get the evaluation? I think that is a, a good topic. Yeah. Um, but why is it so overwhelming? Is it just the, the volume of it or is it because it's like stuff about Jack that makes you feel um, like it's so objective? Well, all of it. It is just a lot of information to read through. Um... But then you're sitting there reading this information about your child. And again, the emotional side of things come into play. And it's, um, it's difficult because you, you, you just have to focus on the fact that your child is, is, is a little, it has to go through a different process for schooling. Yeah. And then Jack's, uh, you know, unique in his way. There's no doubt about it. But, it, but things are different for us. Right. Things are different for us for what we have to do. Or Jack, and um, and that's you know that that gets to you from time to time when you think about it. Yeah, it's it. I mean, from from day to day, we don't think about Down syndrome that often, right? Um, and when you're in an IEP meeting, you have to think about Down syndrome and the the mm -hmm. secondary um, things that happen as a result of Down syndrome: his cognition, his muscle tone, his um, Jack has ADHD. We think about his behavior and like we manage his behavior all day long, but we aren't, we don't sit around and think, Oh, he has ADHD. Right. Like, right. We, we just see Jack. Yeah. And then you go into a meeting like this and you see that, I mean, like as you described, you know, that, you that, see the disability, right. You see the disability. Yeah. Yeah. And that, I mean, I think that that's important. Um, 
to for everybody to know that it's even hard on me and even as much as I can support you with the information it still is an emotional thing right oh yeah um okay so we can have meetings to um review the annual stuff to review those um the evaluations um then to discuss eligibility to plan the first IEP um and then also to um you know, for any purpose that anybody calls, like we talked about in the past. Um, so, fine. So we've gone through who, what, when, where, how, and why on IEP yeah. meetings. You did a good job. <laughs> you know more than I thought. No, I, you don't know more than I thought you did, but you know enough to be dangerous. Um, so. Final words about the team, the IEP team. Like how can you describe if you, if, if there are parents out there listening and they've got a three-year-old about to go to preschool and you say, I wanna set you up for success. You're about to become a part of a team and you're gonna to have to go to these meetings or you're going to get to go to these meetings. Um, how can you start them off on the right path, Brandon Barlow style? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I, number one, I think what I've learned is that, you know, we are, we are in, in control as, as parents. And I think walking into these meetings, uh, it, I don't think you, I didn't fully understand that in the beginning because I walked in these meetings, you know, with educators and administrators, people who do these things on a consistent basis. And they were throwing out, you know, terms that I had never heard before. Uh, terms that I'm still learning, you know, as recent as our most um, meeting that we had for Jack. So it was, it was overwhelming, but that team is there to, to help. Um, you know, we have to be advocates for our kids. Like we, we, we have their back. We have to let them know what is special about Jack in our, in our instance. So um, I wouldn't go in there being silent. I, I think you need to go in there um, being confident, you know, be, that you know your child better than anybody else in that room knows your child. Now, eventually, you know, those, those, they will learn your child and they will be able to help partner with you to, to create great plans for them. But going into those meetings, I just think you need to uh, understand that there's a lot of people and you don't know exactly why, who they are in the beginning. Why are they there? Um, do they know what's in the best interest for Jack? Are they following just a, a playbook? I mean, so I'd, I'd have to, I have to stick up for, for, for Jack. Yeah, I think that's awesome. And you know, you've heard me say this a thousand times. I always say, I like my practice strategy and my advocacy strategy is very, very collaborative, um, but it isn't anti-conflict. So if I see something, um, that I disagree with or something that I question or something that I might not understand, I stop and I say, okay, you know, I don't agree with that. Or he doesn't do that at home, that kind of thing. And that's important, right? And what I always say is conflict yields effective change. If we have conflict, then we can work through it. And the team is built as a team. We aren't all supposed to agree on everything. We're supposed to work together and agree, disagree, and then ultimately that helps us to make the best plan for Jack. So we get that effective change, we get positive results, right? 
Right. Yeah. And I, and I would say, you know, ask questions. Um, you know, I, certainly we go into this thing, went into these first few meetings as, as being novice as far as what these meetings are about. You know, who are these people? What are we talking about? Why are we here? But we have to ask questions. You have to ask questions mm -hmm. to learn. Um, and even if you have to stop someone to ask them, what does that word specifically mean, or what does what does yeah, I? Yeah, you can't feel stupid. I, you can't. You can't. You can't feel stupid. And and like I said, these this is these are meetings that the school go through. They go through a lot of them, and we do one a year. Um, and early on, we might you, do more than one. Sometimes. Well, we could do more than one sometimes, of course. But you know, early on, it, it it's overwhelming. So I do think you have to understand that you're you're educating yourself along the way don't hesitate to stop someone ask them a question you know what does IEP mean what's that stand for you know kind of bring it down to my level so that I understand that um, so that you don't get overwhelmed early on because I think if you get overwhelmed early on uh, then it's going to be challenging yeah and ask for help you know the teachers can help you the administrators can help you parent support is available in IEP so I think that's a that's a good Tip, you did a good job. Thanks. I told you, you only had to talk about Jack. <laughs> that was awesome. Thank you very much. For oh, coming. yeah. Yeah.